to the RylaCast, the official podcast of Camp Ryla, Rotary District 5810. My name is Greg Tupper. Normally, I'm sitting in the same room as the man they call Josie, Andrew Josie Utz, but instead, Josie, you and I, like responsible citizens, are practicing social distancing. That is correct, Greg. You're in, you're in your house. I am in my house. Your palace. I am in my shanty. Um, <laughs> I, we, if what you are in is a shanty, sir, then um, insert something that's not the shanty. Got it. Okay, good. No, you nailed that. Um, this is uh, this is weird. We're doing this remotely because uh, for those who didn't know, uh, today's April thirtieth. We're recording this on April thirtieth, and uh, for those who didn't know, there's a. Um, there's a global pandemic going on. There is. Did you, did you hear about this? Do you hear I, about this, Kev? I heard about it. I always thought that whenever, do you remember when Jay Leno, um, Jay Leno was a uh, guy who did the Tonight Show for a while. Maybe I'm age- dating myself, but he would always talk to his bandmate, Kevin, like the guy who led the band. And he'd be like, do you hear about this, Kev? Do you hear about this? yes and it was i think about i think about that a lot i as a kid watching that i was suckered in because i was like wow kevin really doesn't know what's happening man he doesn't know these news stories even i know these news stories (laughs) so um we are we are um presently sheltering in place we are uh we are on our um uh, i'm i'm in my home office i presume you are in your throne room is that right uh i am in my home office Oh, well, okay. Check out Johnny Home Office over here. Oh, yeah. Um, this is uh, the RylaCast, the official podcast of Camp Riley District 5810. Normally, we would have a guest. Normally, uh, we would um, we would introduce you to our guest. We would go through the whole rigmarole about things like that. But this is, this is different for a number of different reasons. One is that, obviously, we're not in the same room. I miss you. I miss you, too. Um. But also because we are going, uh, we're guestless. We're rolling guestless for this episode. And there's kind of a reason why, and, and that's that's kind of, I, I, I hate doing a podcast about a terrible thing that's happening in the world right now. But it feels like it would be just a dereliction of our duties as podcasters if we were to just ignore what's going on in the world right now. Right. And I'm... I'm glad you brought this up. Um, you mean the pandemic? I'm the first person to, to mention this to you. Yes, you are. I'm. I'm. I'm shook. You're no, just I'm... googling it for the first time. <laughs> no, we had we had something happen um, here outside the home office that kind of that shook me. Um, huh. But no, I'm glad. I'm glad we're we're doing this because when we recorded the last batch of episodes, um, the whole pandemic you know if a pandemic can start and stop um was just getting to the u.s right and it we yeah, it was just it was just just hitting our shores right and we joked that you know we're going to release these couple episodes in the middle of a pandemic and not touch it at all like just totally right. ignore it yeah um, and so it would it would be it, it would feel like we are just intentionally avoiding a topic if we weren't to uh tackle it, address it, um, discuss it. Uh, but we want to do it in our own Rylacast way. Um, and so the, what, what I want to do is I want to, I want to talk a little bit about, 
um, leadership in crisis and what we can learn uh, from this. And I want to start with this. Uh, if you are here for political opinions or you are here for anything like that or, or talk about uh, specific uh, leaders, um, you are going to be sorely, sorely disappointed because <laughs> we ain't about that life. No. Not not here on the Rylacast. That would you would have to hop on uh, Josie's Josie After Dark, his other his other more uh, more more um, you know loose podcast, so to speak. Jad is what we call it. Josie Jad. After Dark. Josie After Dark. Um, no, so we're not gonna. We're, I don't want to address that, but but I I think I want to just kind of talk through a little bit of 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 what this has meant, what this has done. Um, and what we think we can learn from this. So I guess, I guess first, and, and maybe, maybe this is not interesting to the listener or maybe it, it's extremely interesting, but like Josie, when was the first time you felt like this was going to be a big deal? So I, I can't remember the date, but I, I know it was early March and I took, um, I used to take the dart train to work. Uh, and so it was around early March that I, I understand, you know, I have, um, means outside of public transportation to get to work. And that was about the first time that I thought to myself, you know, something's going on and I think I'm just going to drive to work. Um, I, nothing prompted me. There was no email or, or anything that that said, you know, hey, don't take public transit. I just had a feeling that hindsight was going to be twenty twenty in this one, mm-hmm. and uh, so I'd say early March was things so, are going to get weird. So I had a, I had a similar similar but different um, and um, situation than you. Mine was also in early March, but my wife and I were on vacation. We had gone, we'd flown to Mexico. This was a a, a Christmas gift. Christmas slash birthday. Cause you know how sometimes when you get them a big gift, you'd be like, this counts for both. <laughs> like, right. Like, like only enjoy half of this. <laughs> you, like, you like, you gotta be half excited now and half excited for your birthday. Um, so we, we took a trip to Mexico and while we were in Mexico was when, um, it, be, it started becoming apparent that like things were going to get serious and things were, this thing was not going to just, poof and go away mm-hmm. um and i remember turning to my wife there as we were watching um and maybe it's just because they had uh an international news uh broadcast on the on the tv as opposed to an american broadcast but they were a lot more like they i think they i think the, the international broadcast had more context to what had happened in other countries and as a result i think they were presenting it in more stark terms and I remember turning to my wife and saying, Hey, cause my wife, for those who don't know, is an elementary school teacher. And I remember turning to her and saying, Hey, I just need you to start wrapping your head around the idea that you may not be going back to work like the rest of the school year. Mm. Um, and sure enough, I was right. And also, by the way, uh, then I got on a plane like the next day and that was, that was not the most super fun thing I've ever done in my entire life. And also, also <laughs> Like I think my son had given me a cold, 
Oh, no. And so let me tell you about being absolutely convinced that you have that you have COVID-19 uh, when, in fact, you, you know, like I never got a fever or anything like that. Um, so I, I'm pretty sure I didn't. But it's 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 interesting because it's kind of turned every everyone's lives upside down. Um, I, I presume that you are you have been working from home. I presume you've like your whole life has been homebound more or less. That is correct. Um, and I can't. I think it was mid March when we got the uh, we got the word from corporate that hey we're just going to shift things to home for right. the foreseeable future. Um, do you? Is your wife sick of you? Not yet. Um, there are definitely moments that she closes the door to the office, and I was like, "Hey, I was I was talking to you," and she's like, "We're done. Uh-huh, We're done here." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, keep talking. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. As the the, the door creeps closed, right? Um, yeah, that's because uh, with with us, it's it's what's been really interesting is um, we have young child here as well, and um, and so it's been it's it, that's like an extra full time job. Cause he's not going to daycare right now. Right. Um, he's home. My wife is teaching from home and then I'm working on a project, uh, for my, uh, my big boy job, um, here at the, at the home office. And so I don't, I don't know about you and maybe this can kind of transition into the bigger conversation. Um, I have had, I think a hard time keeping perspective on this thing. And it feels like every day I wake up and I think a different thing about it. And I, I feel like, I feel like this is one of the, one of the, one of the, the perils with this uh, particular situation is I'm of the opinion that like, this thing is like how I feel about it. I can't, I can't wrap my arms around this, the, like the scope or the scale of this thing quite yet. And that I think is the worst part of this thing. Let me rephrase. The worst part is that people are dying, but from my own like mental perspective, the worst part of it is that I can't necessarily wrap my arms around exactly what this is and, 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 and how big it is. Right. And I, when we first started the shelter in place, um, my wife and I traded, well, I, I'll back up. We are having different quarantine experience, quarantine shelter in place experiences. You with young child, mm-hmm. us married couple with dog, um, mm. which is another fascinating study is everyone's different shelter in place experiences. Right. Um, but, uh, Oh man, lost my train of thought. The the what's what's interesting. I think you're right. It's that it's that not everybody's having the same experience. Like we're all undergoing the same. We're we're all undergoing the same set of circumstances. That's not even right. Like the same event is happening in all of our worlds, and yet we're all having different experiences with it. Right. That my life is significantly different from your life, which is significantly different from like my parents' lives, which is significantly different from my brother's life. And, and I think that's what makes this kind of hard to get a grasp on. And I think what, what has, I think, started to drive people into um, uh, anger and into um, like, not, like not understanding one another simply because we're all like, we're not all, 
the facts are the same for everybody, but the circumstances are so different for everybody. Right. And, uh, and another thing, and I was, I can't remember what I was reading the other day. Um, but somebody with a, a science degree that was actually studying science kind of shed some light. We live in this world where everything is now, you know, we get news now and we're, we're seeing this new COVID-19 develop, um, firsthand, you know, I mean, there's no textbook. And so something that was found out in February or March may have been debunked now. And Mm -hmm. so we're all having these different experiences while trying to get up to date news while at the same time trying not to get all of the news because all of the news all of the time could be bad. Oh man, that is another thing. And I know that I work in the layering press, right? I know mm-hmm. I work in, in the media. This is, it's so weird that like, I have felt like I have, um, like m- my, my wife has been, she never watches the news. Like she'll watch the local news basically or something like that, mm-hmm. more or less. She has been news obsessed <laughs> lately. Because I think she feels like I need to stay up on this. I need to know what's going on. And I do think there's a certain level to that. But I think that maybe because there was such a rapid pace of information in the early going that we expected that pace to continue. And now it's kind of like, no, uh, everything just kind of sucks. And it's just going to kind of suck for a while. Um, Cool beans. You know what I mean? Like we, I think we keep waiting for another shoe to drop and I'm just not sure it is. And I think that's, that's something that's really interesting about how we're all kind of digesting this. Right. And it's, I don't, and nobody knows even the, you know, if we want to talk leadership, even leadership doesn't know what the next shoe looks like. I mean, this is, um, I know to use a a buzzword that I'm tired of, but unprecedented times. I mean, Mm -hmm. There's, there's no blueprint and I've caught myself like the whole mask situation, um, where people are required to wear masks in some counties and not others at essential stores. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, before it was required, do I do this? Well, it's going to make me feel better, but it may also alert the public. Like it's always pre COVID-19 for me, it was a little bit jarring if I was at the airport and somebody was not wearing or was wearing something that was different than I was wearing. And I'm not right. saying like a shirt and pants, but right. if somebody wore a mask, it was always, okay, are you protecting us or are you protecting yeah. you? It's, it's, it's that like, we're all, we're all kind of feeling in the dark on this, like everyone, mm-hmm. everyone. And I think that's why I've tried, um, I want to be clear that I've, I've gotten very angry with some of our leaders at times, um, you know, local, state, federal, you name it, you know, I've gotten angry with them, but I've also tried to remember to give them some grace because uh, this is unprecedented. This is something that's never happened before. And so I'm trying to remember that like, okay, um, you know, maybe now and with the matter of hindsight, you might have done something different. Um, but 
what's done is done and you've just got to move on with it. And so I, I, I want to bring this back to, to something that I, I heard on a, on a podcast. And, and do you know who John Dickerson is? I do not. Okay. John Dickerson is on 60 Minutes. He was for a hot minute – he was on um, the CBS Morning Show, and then before that, he was on. Um, oh, he hosted Face the Nation, uh, which is their Meet the Press. CBS is Meet the Press, um, and he is a presidential historian. Because, buddy, if you thought you were getting out of presidential <laughs> history just because there's a pandemic, you're wrong. Um, but I was listening to an interview with him. And he had a, he actually had this really interesting piece. I think it was on, it was just maybe 60 minutes or something like that, but it was about leadership in the time of crisis. And I just took a, I jotted down a couple of notes. I listened to it about two or three times, but I, I, I jotted down a couple of notes. And, and one thing he said was he was talking about like the real bare principles of leadership in crisis. And one of them, he goes back to, to FDR. FDR was the one who said, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Right. Right. Um, that's of course a great quote and stuff like that. And what, and, and I think that we are in a time of, of fear, right? Fear of the unknown, fear of, uh, of, of people getting hurt, fear of people dying. And he brought up the point, and I think it's really interesting that as a leader, it's not your job to dismiss people's fears and tell them, no, you're scared for nothing. Like they, there's nothing to be scared of here because uh, I think fear is a natural reaction especially to unknowns. But what he said was, what you have to do is you have to give people a ladder to get over it, right? Mm, right. And I thought that was really interesting of like, uh, when, when he's saying the only thing we have to fear is fear itself, that's not FDR saying your fear is unfounded. Like, that's not saying there's nothing to be feared, uh, afraid of. What it's doing is it's giving people a permission system, like a permission uh, to to find a way to get past it. Like it's okay to get past it. It's okay to not be scared all the time. Uh, it's giving them tools. I thought that was interesting. He said another thing that um, that a lot of what leadership in crisis is is it's not just blowing a trumpet and letting them know that danger is coming. Right? It's sounding a call that people hear and respond to. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, so I, I keep going back to and and say what you want. Again, not getting political at, at any times. Uh, but I do think that um, one thing that has been very interesting is is I've watched a, a fair amount of the governor of New York, uh, Andrew Cuomo, and his press conferences. And, and I think one thing he has done is he has done uh, a pretty good job of telling people uh, this is a threat. This is something that – but it's, this is not something that we are powerless against we are we are doing things and we need your help doing it. Uh, he's done another thing, which is I think that he's or no, I, I should probably stop talking about an individual politician, but I will say that I think a fair amount of, of leaders have done what I think is really important, which is to trust the trust the public, trust them and make them allies. Right. I like one guy that one guy that I think has 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 become a, a if there's such a thing as a covid celebrity. Um, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Yes. You're familiar with him? He's the, I think the head of the NIH, um, or their infectious diseases unit or something like that. Uh, you've definitely seen him. He's the, the shorter guy with the glasses. Yeah. Shorter familiar with him. With yeah. Brad Pitt portrayed yeah, him. That's him. Yeah. That's him. Um, I think he's done a good job or at least he's done a job of, tr- of making them allies, telling people the truth 
and treating them like grownups, right? Right. Treating them like grownups and saying, okay, guys, here's the situation. I think there have been other leaders who have not been, who have not told the truth, who have maybe tried to sugarcoat it or say it's not as good as you thought it was, or, you know, it's not as bad as you thought it was. And I feel like that is uh, kind of infantilizing the public and just saying, oh, it's okay. We're going to be okay. I'm going to tussle your hair. When really the, the, the situation is that it's, right now it's, it's kind of not. Mm-hmm. It's okay to acknowledge that. Um, and and he, uh, John Dickerson said a really interesting thing. He, he said, people don't panic when they're informed. They scramble to help. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Interesting. Like when, you, when you have information, I think it's the human nature, especially when you're talking about a community crisis. Um, if I were to tell you, hey, your neighbor's house is on fire – you wouldn't just like board up your own windows or anything like that, right? That's a bummer for him. Right. Yeah, boy, no. that sucks. No, you would go and try to help. Right. And I think that that's the kind of thing is that you that you, like you need to trust people to to make sure that they they are informed. Um this is also an opportunity I think when when it's important for leaders, I think you find out what leaders want to lead by taking responsibility and what leaders want to lead by um, telling people what to do or just holding power. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that, uh, I think a true leader, especially in a time of crisis is going to take responsibility, uh, for everything that comes across them. And I don't know if anybody, any leader has passed that test hundred percent. I think some have done better than others in this situation that I found, but in, you, you own things that go wrong. And I think you credit your subordinates, right? Right. Um, I think you got to make sure you're, 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 you're spreading the, when things do go right, you're saying, Hey, we did a good job, and here are the people – here are the reason why. No, I agree, and I think it's important um, – You know, also not trying to get political – that there's you – know, it's okay if things change for better yeah. or for worse uh, on a daily basis. Um, and I um, – like you said earlier, giving people grace, I do appreciate the fact that leaders, politicians – have to assuage if i use that word correctly Ooh, good word um a wide array of people i mean mm-hmm. me personally i love when when somebody tells me hey look it's really bad but here's what we can do to move forward and i mm-hmm. i kind of shy away from the hey everything's great cuz i'm like no it's not like we're having daily briefings everything is not okay Right. Um, I oh. never hear from the county judge, and now I've heard from the county <laughs> judge more than I ever wanted to. Right. I mean, one thing is it's informing the public how politics works on a local level. <laughs> We're finding out how the sausage is made, guys. <laughs> right. I, I, I didn't write a letter, but I filled out an online form to a senator for the first time ever. I mean, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. it's... We're living in weird times, um, but I do I do understand that leadership and there's there's different types of of uh, of mentalities you have to as a leader touch base with, but also hammers home the importance of being able to talk to different types of people. Mm-hmm. You know, pe- type A people need to know how to how to talk with everybody else. They can't just get in a room of type A people because you alienate everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been an a, a interesting 
part of this whole global pandemic. There, there's one other thing that I think, and, and so for example, when you talk about like trusting the public, I go back to that. Um, there was one, there's one person, again, I'm not, this feels like I'm getting political and I promise I'm not trying to, this is just somebody who I thought that is a great way of doing it. That's a, I think that's a great way of, of informing people. Um, the chancellor of Germany is a woman named Angela Merkel. It's spelled Angela, but they pronounce it bad. Um, but she had, whenever they were starting to open up their country again, whenever they were loosening restrictions, she had this, she had a press conference and she went out there and she explained to people in very stark terms about like the transmission rate, right? I think it's R not something. Yeah. yeah R not, right? It's basically, the number is fundamentally how many people that, how many people the average infected person also infects, right? Right. If you are, if, 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 if one person is, is infecting on average two people, that's a big problem, Right. Right. But if they're infecting uh, zero people, obviously that is not a problem. Um, and so she explained it in very stark terms. She goes, okay, if we are at um, like a one, uh, one person uh, trans- or, uh, infects one, one other person, then we're going to be fine. As long as it stays under one, we're going to be good. We have the capability to handle all that. But if this gets to 1.1, right? Just 10% more, not that much more. But if it gets to, it gets to that point, then she said like, our health system will be overwhelmed by August. And then she said, if it gets to 1.2, it'll be June. She goes, if it gets to 1.3, it'll be May. And she spelled it out to people in, I think, very stark terms that I think could be, uh, could be concluded as alarmist by some people. Mm-hmm. But I think that it goes to show that, like, that's like, like your citizens, like people are not children. Some people are children. I want to be clear. <laughs> Hank, Hank, my son is a child. Hank is a child. Hank is a child. But like, like the citizenry is is grown ups. They're big boys and girls, and you need to be able to trust them. And I think that there's this notion of if you tell people the truth, it's going to scare them, and. I think I disagree with that. I think if you tell people the truth, it is going to give them the tools to help you solve the problem. Right. You're going to make them your ally. And and I found that to be, I thought that was a really interesting like approach of just saying, look, here are the stakes. Here's the small margin we're dealing with. Here's what it could mean. Now, let's all go out there and try to try our best to to stay safe and keep this thing under there because i think that a lot of times uh, leaders talk over their audience's head and this is not a time for that when you need everybody on board you need everybody pulling the rope in the same direction that's an interesting point i hadn't heard that from uh from angela um angela no that and, and i agree that it's now is the time when you need to just level with people yeah and the the, the something that I've found about this whole process is it's, it's a virus, you know, it's, you, it has to run its course. And so you need everybody, you need everybody to buy in so that the course is a lot shorter. You know, we're not trying to run a marathon. We're trying to do a 5k. Um, and you need everybody to buy in. That's really interesting. Well, and, and that was, um, you know, you, you mentioned that and, and that's, I think one of the reasons why, again, this is such a, a hard problem to solve 
is this is a situation where we have a common enemy. Like the whole world, the whole world <laughs> is united against one enemy. For once, we all agree that something is bad. We all did of it. Us. There's no, there's nobody in the world who's like a closet COVID fan, <laughs> right? You know, they they have a little, they have a little pennant in, in their closet. They're like, huh? I'm rooting for it. Nobody's doing that. But I think that in a lot of ways, some of the ways that we are wired is that we need someone to blame. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that that like we need a bad guy, and the bad guy can't be a virus because we can't fight the virus. Right. You know, like we can't like punch the virus. The bad guy needs a weakness. Yes, exactly. And like right now, the bad guy, you know, look, it's April 30th. We don't have a vaccine. The, the bad guy is kind of winning. Yeah. And and so I think that that is just a, an interesting way of, of like there's there's two ways of, of doing leadership in this point. One is to lean into that and 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 to say, yeah, you know what? Let's go find somebody to blame someone, some tangible person or thing or entity is to blame. Or it's to work on solutions mm-hmm. and it's to work to say, look, guys, like pointing fingers is not going to get us anywhere. It's not going to get us any closer to getting back to normal. Um, and so I found that uh, to be to be, you know, uh, an, an interesting kind of like subset of this or sub subtitle of this um, of this virus. Because I think that, you know, the other thing that I will say, and this is, you know, we can start to round third head for home here. Um, and I, to, speaking of sports, right? Here's another thing, right? So there have been some sports who have been talking about like coming out and and doing these, you know, and, and we're going to start sports up. We're going to start baseball up, right? We're going to go in the in, the, in the, the baseball bubbles, right? We want right. to do them in, in Arizona and Texas and well, in Florida, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, and to me, I'll be honest, and I am I am big sports guy. You're I don't big know if you sports guys guy. Me. I'm a big sports guy. Yeah, I think you've I, made a career out of being sports guy. I like sports, and I don't care who knows, <laughs> right? But I'll also tell you that, man, from a leadership perspective, that seems super tone deaf. Yeah. Like, I understand that you guys want to get out there and swing the bat. Trust me, I would do terrible things to watch Elvis Andrews ground to a double play right now. Just, I will, <laughs> oh, my God. Absolutely. Would I love it? Yes. But I also think that there's, there's a, a certain level of, like, and I think this goes back to kind of the last time that we all stopped and, and watched TV, which is 9-11. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to bring the whole room down, but it's like, I think that in a lot of ways, like everybody remembers baseball getting back going after 9-11, right? Because it's like, we're going to rally around the flag. We're going to show the virus that we're, we're, we're going to show the, uh, the, the terrorists that they're not going to win, right. right? And it's like the virus don't care, y'all. Right. It doesn't. And it's like, that's, that's something that it felt like it, it felt really tone deaf to me for, for them to be like, Oh, you know what? Like, th- again, I want baseball to come back desperately. But I also think that there's that it's, it's one of those from a leadership perspective, it's a time and place type thing. And I'm just not sure that that, that was, that was something that, that struck me. But in any case, to round third and head for home here. Um, I think that if there is a, a positive to this, um, Everything's bad, but I think that what you're seeing is that um, the truth in the matter of like necessity is the mother of invention, mm-hmm. right? I think we're starting to realize that there were a lot of things we were doing just because we had always done them, and when you can't do them, you just find a way to do it. Like for example, this podcast, right? 
Right. Like we could have just said, up, oh, can't record it because we can't get to the studio. But we found a way to, to make this thing work. And, and I, I wonder, I think that that is a, like encouraging that type of innovation, encouraging that kind of outside the box thinking is I think something that from, you know, when you think about, you know, what good leaders do, I think they encourage that. They say, guys, find a way, find a way through. And you go back to even camp and, and the times that, that, that campers struggle and stuff like that. You say, guys, this is doable. You just got to find a way through. And, and that's, I think, something that's been uh, been inspiring for me during this time. Yeah, and, and I agree. And if I can just tack on as we're, we're almost to home, um, I wrote down a couple things and adapt is something I want to come back to. Uh, but the, you know, you were talking about sports and, and my wife and I realized that sports was always something I, we had on in the background and I would watch and she would be busy doing something else. Uh, but there's a lot of other like background noise that was just going on pre COVID-19, um, that's kind of just gone away. And so it allows you to focus on, conversations or topics or relationships that really interest you. You know, you can't go to the ball game. You can't go to the museum. You're, you're, you're stuck with yourself. Uh, and so it's shed some light on that aspect of, of what really makes me tick. Um, mm-hmm. But also this, this notion of adaptability and n- now more than ever, it's, it's showing the importance of, you know, the, the rules of the game are changing every day. And so you as a, as an individual and in a leadership position needs to be able to take that in stride. And, you know, like we said earlier, maybe that is rewriting what you told everyone last week. Um, but that ability is really, um, really a need um, to mm-hmm. have in your leadership toolbox. And I was looking back at, at previous episodes and we have never had adapt or adaptability as a topic. Well, you know what? I just got, ch- I just got to tell you that we uh, don't choose the topics. So, right. I'm man. saying like, we need to find the people. I mean, I'm not saying we need to find the people that was, no, a- I'm saying we just blame the guests. Oh, I'll blame the guests. Yeah. The guests have really <laughs> let us down. First, picking that word, but right. no, I think I think you're right, and it's it's one of those things that, um, like I I have such an admiration for my wife, and I'm not just saying this because she'll listen to this, and I like to sleep in my big bed, um, but I have such an admiration for her because, um, and and for all teachers, I should say, because this is a situation where they have been doing something for years and years and years the same way, and now they have to learn how to do it a different way. Uh, in a week, like immediately, like, like not, now, you don't get like a, a summer to learn no. this. No. And, and, but it's that adaptability that's so important. And I think that what you're seeing is, is you're, you're seeing the, the, the wheat separate from the chaff as far as people who can, um, people who have those, that skill set, people who have those, um, uh, people who have that, those tools in their toolbox because it's, they're important and they're important. And I think you're seeing that. Right now, I think adaptability is a, is, is a great word to, to, to bring up here. Um, well, thank you. And is I that it? Well, I, was, I feel like I could launch into like, you know, how how have you been doing and and the whole teaching from afar perspective? But uh, me, well, like I mean, <laughs> I'm doing fine, dude. I'm just you know, 
I've have you been have you been eating worse? So, and I I don't mean to Okay, this is just between you and me, right? Blow up your wife's spot. Blow up your wife's spot. Let's go. No, no, no. We're actually like living our best lives over here. I mean, oh eat, no. Eating well, working out. I mean, less TV oh, time. No. I know. I know. Are you and okay? I'm... Would you like to borrow a kid? <laughs> uh, no, thank you very much. But I trust the kid is in the best hands right now. Yeah, his mom's. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, we have been. It's weird because like normally I like to eat healthy, mm-hmm. but um, it's just been really hard. I don't know. It's something about the brain wiring of like being in the same place every day. Yeah. Um, that it's just, I don't know. It's a really, really interesting, it's a really interesting time I, um, that, I, that I've been eating a lot of frozen pizza. Ooh, it could, could be worse. I do have, I've, I've had a couple of those days where I just, I can't stop eating like all day. Yeah. I'll just eat. Um, yeah. Cause it's like, it's like, that's how I, I handle. Sometimes I like stress eat. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, okay, might as well. But then you're like, I'm bo- why am I doing this? I'm not, I'm not hungry. I'm just bored. So, right. Anyway, you know what it comes back to? It comes back to the fact that I cannot watch Elvis Andrus ground into a double play. Look at you. it comes you. back to, man. That's what it comes back to. It comes back to. All right, Josie, I feel like this is a positive conversation. I think so, too. And if you want more positive conversations, may I interest you in episode 19 about positivity? Oh, my goodness. That's why he is America's favorite podcast host, ladies and gentlemen. And some some bonus content. If you talked a lot about problem solving, we covered mm-hmm. that in episode seventeen. Mm-hmm. And importance of communication, episode twenty. My goodness, God, God, I admire you. <laughs> um, all right, that's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending a little bit of your day with us here on the RylaCast. Um, and if you, uh, we, we would really appreciate it if you would, uh, visit our website, which is what it is, uh, oh, Ryla no. uh, 5810.org. Good job. Is the, is the Ryla website. Um, and if you like this podcast, please rate it, subscribe, uh, leave a kind comment and tell a friend and here with an antiquated way of telling a friend how to listen to the Ryla cast is Josie. Yes, go ahead and hire a, a crop duster, single plane, single pilot, mm. and have it write it in the clouds. That's that's so over the top and ridiculous for a podcast, but it feels like it feels like the kind of marketing that we need, guerrilla marketing. Uh, that's gonna do it for us. Thanks for spending part of your day with us. And Josie, thanks for your courage. Thanks, Greg. See you next time. Riley Cast.